You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. My goal earlier in the year, as I shared with Carla and the staff, is I, I want this place to be a, a place of rest and peace during the season. It's been a busy year for so many and challenges that we can't even begin to comprehend that you've had to face and go through and, and all that. So I, just, just a simple, simply Jesus. I just want you to dwell in the presence of God when you come through these doors. As soon as you come in, Tim's gone overboard and putting the lights up uh, outside in the trees. And we have all kinds of different events happening and moments to reflect upon. But when you enter through these doors, I just want you to rest. I want you to feel like life can be normal for a few moments. And uh, a little country setting here and, and the welcomeness of, a, of an old farm, you know, where you just go on and you just feel the peace of God. That's my, that's my goal for you this this year, is just to rest in the presence of God whenever you come through these doors. But before I get to my message, and it's been quite some time, a joke. I haven't picked on Pastor Craig for quite some time. I feel like he's missing me in that. So last Christmas, last Christmas, Pastor Craig bought his wife, Lori Lynn, a beautiful diamond ring. It was huge. It was gorgeous. It was a massive ring. After hearing and seeing this extravagant gift, I asked Pastor Craig, I thought Lori Lynn wanted one of those super cool, sporty, four-wheel drive Jeep Wrangler Gladiators for Christmas. She did, replied Pastor Craig, but where was I going to find a fake Jeep? (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Craig. Yeah. I got more laughs in this service than the first. The other guys were a bit sleepy, but that was really funny. Listen. Who you choose, this is important, who you choose to believe is important these days. What you listen to is vitally important. What you choose to listen to is vitally And who you put your trust in are of paramount importance in today's world affairs. All the things going on. Now, I could say with all confidence, and I mean this sincerely, that all truth, all truth, truth, is God's truth. All truth. It doesn't have to be in the Bible for it to be true. But all truth is born of God. For instance, it may not talk about gravity in the Bible, but gravity is a truth. You drop, drop a brick and it's going to fall every time. It's a truth. Gravity is a truth. It's God's truth. He designed it that way. However, not all science is always true. Not everything is. Not all politicians are honest. And not all professors and teachers are sincere. Now, there's lots of good politicians, lots of good scientists, and lots of good uh, teachers. But not everything. You see, if you did a little bit of a look, and I know you understand this, but you, you may not hold on to it as dearly as maybe you should. Science has replaced the creation story with the evolutionary theory. It's taught in our schools. It's taught like it's fact. Now, for you and I, that is a rub. Government of men often abuse their power and position. We know that there's opportunities and moments that sinful man does sinful things in order to elevate himself in prominence and power and position. Not, all, not everybody, but it's there. And universities and schools of higher education can no longer distinguish between a man or a woman. Like, that's... Tricky. This is our culture. This is some of the challenges now that we're facing. Some of these, not all truth out there is true. Or not all things that are spoken of as truth are true. 
And if you have not heard this past few weeks, and this, is, this comes with some surprise to me, actually. It was Mark Tulloch that pointed me in this direction. I looked into it, and sure enough, uh, the, the Canadian Human Rights Commission, the CHRC, said that the celebration of the Christmas holiday and any Christian holiday is proof of Canada's religious intolerance. Christmas is now seen by the Canadian Human Rights Commission, a body that's governed by our government. Now, I'm not making this up. According to the, this federal body in charge of human rights, Christmas is racist. The discussion paper published on October 23rd, 2023, in a section speaking on religious intolerance, say that discrimination against religious minorities in Canada is grounded in Canada's history of colonialism. The paper points out, because Christmas and Easter are the only two religious statutory holidays in Canada, that now Christmas is seen as discriminatory. I never would have imagined things like this could be said. And it comes shortly after the Canadian Armed Forces issued a directive to their chaplains, if you can be, to refrain from reciting religious prayers and mentioning God during any official public function and ceremonies, including Remembrance Day. How does a chaplain not mention God or pray? I, I'm not sure. So there's just challenges in the days we face, the complexities that, that I, I understand at one level, and, but it's challenging at another level. And I think to myself, what was our Heavenly Father thinking when he sent Jesus? I mean, didn't he know that sending Jesus would be offensive to so many? So much for Christmas angels' message, peace on earth, goodwill to men, which Christmas is not discriminatory. So today begins our Christmas theme for the month, simply Jesus. I just want to remind ourselves of Jesus this month. A little four-part miniseries through December culminating on Christmas Eve. And by the way, Christmas Eve, we, we don't have an early service, an 8.30 service on Christmas Eve because we have two afternoon services. So we have a 10 o'clock and 11.30, a 2 and a 4 o'clock service on Christmas, Sunday, Christmas Eve. This series is, I want to emphasize the people surrounding the Christmas story. There's so much around that surround the Christmas story. So many things could be, but this, this, this four part, I want to talk about those people. The people that Christmas impacted in a real way. There's life and death stories in the Christmas message. The hardships, the fears, mixed with hopes and dreams that every generation has. And I, I think it relates to us. I think all generations have hopes and dreams and there's fears and anxieties. No matter what year, you, whether it be the 50s farmhouse kind of thing coming back from World War II and all the ramifications and unintended consequences of that. Or go back to the first century when you're walking and, and, and Roman centurions uh, uh, are in your land and directing your steps and special taxes and censuses are being taken and all those different things. But this morning I want to talk to you about Mary. And maybe we'll get to Joseph and the shepherds and the innkeepers and the centurions and the census takers, kings and the wise men. There's so many people. The, the message of Christmas is about people. I think that about whenever we come in these doors with so many of you and so many I don't even know and yet. So many backgrounds, so many different careers, so many socials. This is the one place you could come into and we're all the same. We all have value, equal value, rich and poor and highly educated and less educated and, and, and have homes and no homes and all the different things. We, we are one, we, we become one when you come through the doors, the bride of Christ and God at just the right moment in the first century, 
sent Jesus, born of a virgin, a kairos moment, right in the center of time. And he was not discriminatory. He was not prejudiced. Jesus coming in the flesh was for the salvation of all people. Of all people. All people. Every background on earth. For the Jew. For the Arab. For the Ukrainian. For the Russian. For the African and the Caucasian. For the indigenous and the Asian. All inclusive. He's an all inclusive God. He created everyone. And he's seeking all that were lost. Seeking to save all that have been gone astray. Not one. Not one. Life across the world does he not care about. The Christmas message was not merely a message designed for those serving God, not for just Baptists and, and Methodists and Pentecostals and Charismatic. Christmas message just wasn't for people that went, into, went to church. It wasn't merely for the Anglicans or the Catholics, nor just for the Presbyterian, Lutherans, and Mennonites. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have been separate, and he came for every person from every tribe, from every tongue. I remember as a child, long before I ever knew who Jesus was in my life, I would, Christmas was always an important time, and maybe it has these early foundations still why I think it's so important. But as a child, that window at 324 Elmhurst Boulevard, Elmhurst Road on Winnipeg, Manitoba, when Christmas would come, we'd put our little lights around our windows. They weren't big windows. It was only an 800-square-foot house. And I'd look outside, and I'd see the lights down the street lit up, these little homes. It was long before I was ever a Christ follower. And it was the one time I felt in my, during the years of, trad, uh, of complexity in my life that was about spreading hope, peace, and joy. Something about it just grabbed my heart. I, I, and, and you know, I mean, there's little hints of that all through the Christmas. You'll see some of my traditions if you come over the course of the next few month or month. But I was, believe Christmas was about spreading that to everyone. I used to, at 16 and 17, I'd go out early Christmas morning, I'd get gifts from my, my friend's parents. I was a brown noser then, you know, wanted to make sure all the parents liked me. And I'd go and I'd early, I'd knock on their door, drop a little gift off and run off. I did that for many years. Someone sharing kindness was important, I felt, at those days. And I wasn't even a follower of Christ. I didn't, uh, and, and Santa Claus was not the Satan in disguise. It wasn't trying to change the letters around you. You have Satan, and it's like a scary, you know, it, it wasn't like that. It was kind. By the way, who would want to take joy from a little child in any way we can give it in these days? Jesus is big. He can handle these things. Something we could use a little more of in all of our hearts and lives is joy and encouragement, maybe a bit of kindness. And just as a friendly reminder of all you going into family dinners this session, this season, it's challenging. Lots of things going on. Lots of dynamics in families now. I've been to funerals and weddings, and there's all kinds of challenges. Messiah's birth wasn't about coming to rub man's sin in. It was about coming to rub it out. And maybe, just maybe, you can bring a little bit of love and forgiveness to, into your family situations this year. But today, simply Jesus' message begins with the introduction of this very special, incredible young woman, a virgin named Barry. Barry. Mary. I live in Barry, the Virgin Mary. It's been a long week. 
It happened one clear night near the fullness of time when an angel named Gabriel appeared to Mary with an incredible special announcement known as the Annunciation. Annunciation is a fancy word with an announcement. A a supernatural and momentous declaration that the Savior of the world had arrived. Christ the Lord. He was going to be born. The long-awaited Messiah, Messianic prophecy of a virgin conceiving was going to be fulfilled. The Messianic prophecies, prophecies of Isaiah. Simple season begins with this, what I call the Mary miracle. Right at the beginning. This is where it starts. Let me read from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What a message. What an incredible moment. The Mary miracle begins with an angel named Gabriel being given this momentous assignment. I'm using the word momentous. It's, it, uh, how, does it, how do you make it any bigger? Just not an assi- It was a momentous assignment. It was huge. And you see angelic visitations throughout Scripture, momentous moments of time. When it comes to the momentous, supernatural, invisible things of our omnipotent God, there's always going to be questions. When it's that big and when it's that large and you can't understand everything, the omnipotence of God, how can you understand from a finite perspective something that is someone who is infinite, beyond our understanding? It's hard. But questions arise and you're not going to have all the answers. They won't be answered to your satisfaction, some of the questions you have, some of the things that go on in your life, some of the moments of time. For instance, God's creation versus scientific evolution theory. Remember, who you choose to believe, who you choose to trust, where you put your faith is important today. Science evolution, or Jesus' resurrection versus the atheist greatest hoax in history theory, that Jesus' body was stolen. There's all kinds of pushback and, and who you choose to believe and what you read and what you think in moments like these. I got to tell you, I choose to trust in God's truth. God's truth. All truth is God's truth. I trust in the inspired word in Luke's gospel to tell us the truth of Christ's birth. Like if God is who he says he is, he's not going to lead us astray. He's not going to dangle a carrot and then yank it out from you and go, ha ha, not telling you the truth. The inspired word of God, I, there's reasons that I put my trust in the inspired word of God because I put my trust in the heavenly father that has his, the highest and best in store for me. So I'm not going to just be thinking, well, this is made up and this is made up. No, I, I've chosen to believe God's word. Just like some have chosen to believe in the Big Bang Theory. The Bible says, for we now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I'm known. There's going to come a time when we'll know more, but right now it's, it's dark, it's fuzzy, it's cloudy, it's, it's foggy. Some of the things that we, we don't com- understand completely. Now, conventional science will tell you only that you only live in three dimensions. That there's only three dimensions. That's conventional science. Length, width, and depth. That's what we made. That's, that's the three dimensions we live in is length, width, and depth. Empirical man, scientific man, logistic man lives only what he can perceive. Seeing is believing. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. But more recently, and even among the scientific world, 
there's now more pondering in the reality of the fourth dimension. And by the way, the whole Hollywood lives in this. I mean, they're making millions and millions. They didn't come up with this idea of the Marvel Universe characters and all these dimension, interdimensional things and thousands and tens of thousands and millions and billions of dollars being made off of these ideas and thoughts. And they all originate from somewhere. It's not the Hollywood, but this is real stuff. Fourth dimension is the time and space continuum. Now, I'm not trying to be scientific here or sci-fi, but Christ-following scientists have long believed in the space-time continuum. The dimensions you cannot perceive physically but are surely there. The Bible's full of it. It's reported on it from beginning to end. It's a fourth dimension, the time and space, spiritual realm, invisible realm. The Bible's been filled with it all the time, and now they're starting to ponder the possibility, this fourth dimension, the dimension where both angels and demons exist. It's from this dimension that Gabriel came to give Mary the news about her being chosen to give birth to the Messiah. That's where it comes from, a, a, a symbiotic dimension happening in the same place. I don't understand it, but the truth of God's word, you would see that. And Hebrews talks about are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve. So the, angels, the, the world of angels has been around for a long, long time. I'm telling you all that for a reason. And the, and the reason is not just to trust in what you can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. You, there's, be, there's more involved in our lives than just what meets the eye. A lot more going on. Now, for many, the empirical mind, like we aren't logic syllogists, we grew up with. We taught that it's just empirical, theory-based, all that. But the Mary, the Mary miracle is outside our ability to understand. It's not just a postcard thing. It's not just a Christmas card thing. It begins with Mary's absolute unexpected introduction to an angel from heaven. That's a big deal. Named Gabriel. He even gives his name. He becomes personal. I, I think some of my own reticence to be called Pastor Jay, I just like being called Jay, is because the most elite angels don't come, I am the awesome Gabriel from heaven. He's just, I'm Gabriel. It's just personal. An angel from another dimension, invisible realm, is actually talking to Mary is a pretty big showstopper if you allow it to sink in. It's a showstopper. That you would have an encounter equal. I, I, I would pray that all of us would have an encounter equal to our need like Mary had. Not all Needs are equal, and not all things are the same. But Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord God is your sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blamelessly. God is interested in knowing you and, him, and you knowing him in a deep and personal way. But it, some of it's up to us. Mary aspires to experience, an, or many aspire to experience an angelic account, encounter. I, I've talked to many, if I, would, if I could see and I'm going to believe in God. I will. That's not true. And by the way, if you would truly desire the extraordinary moment if it came, there comes with it the, the responsibility of, and many consequences come, the more truth that's been revealed to you. The more you know, the more you become responsible for. The angel's greeting of highly favored left Mary unsettled. Like, this is a big deal. Especially after Gabriel's revelation and the astounding news of her conceiving this son named Jesus. And the text says Mary was greatly troubled. Like, wait a second. 
Could you imagine the moment of complete bewilderment from those words, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus? He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. That's a me- Never mind seeing an angel and meeting an angel, the message becomes overwhelming. Mary's initial, initial bewilderment stems from the inconceivability of God's divine plan. <laughs> Wait! <laughs> angel! This cannot be. I am still a virgin. She's bewildered. It's beyond understanding. It's, it goes outside our purview of logic and experience. This is something so great. This is one of the most amazing miracles in the entire word of God. And the Bible doesn't say that she passed out or fainted on the spot. But if I told Jody today the news that she was pregnant, uh, let alone if an angel told her that, she would faint. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> And yet, Mary was just an ordinary woman. She was not the holy mother of God at that time. She was just a woman serving the Most High in her day-to-day life, doing her best. A humble woman, simple origins. No, she was not Taylor Swift-ish. I know nothing against Taylor Swift, but she did not have a platform and a, an audience and Thousands upon thousands rushing to see her. But she was given a divine assignment nonetheless. And it was a fourth dimension assignment. Things that you don't even understand. She could not understand at that moment. How about you? You may be given a fourth dimension assignment that you don't understand you're walking in. People that you're meeting. You think it's just a coincidence. Coming across that person at that moment at that time. Maybe not. Maybe you were directed. Maybe it was your call to be a part of their life. I got to admit, some of you are very ordinary looking. But you're not. You're not ordinary at all. You're not boasting in your awesomeness. Not flaunting your success. But God sees you. He identifies you. And you're highly favored. If you're here today and you know Jesus, you're highly favored. The enormity of the proclamation promising the eternal kingdom and the royal lineage lineage coming through her had to be a crazy thing to embrace. And when the angel appears to you, it changed everything about Mary's destiny. Everything in that moment was changed. Her immediate response questioning the possibilities of virgin reveals the depth of her confusion. Hold on, God, I've never been with a man. But Gabriel reassures her. The Holy Spirit's intervention by saying nothing is impossible for God. What is impossible for God this morning for us? The truth. Remember, all truth is God's truth. The truth is nothing is impossible for God who created the worlds with a word. Nothing. The universe with the word. This truth eventually began to settle upon Mary Led her to a calm understanding. What God wants you to do is, in the midst of the chaos and the challenge and the friction and the conflicts, is to have calm responses. A calm understanding that he's in control. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to forsake you. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left. May you have that calming encounter. In our simple Jesus month, I want you to reflect 
and be open to your own supernatural experience with God. It might not look supernatural like Mary's. If it was not for the book of Luke and the Dr. Luke recording it, we wouldn't have that, but it would have still happened. Many things have happened that aren't recorded. You need to embrace the possibility that God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, may be preparing you for something amazing, wonderful, beautiful. A message that he's preparing uniquely for you. We were driving, when we were driving back and forth to Ottawa this past week, Ben and Cassidy were in our car and the other kids were in the car in front of us. And we were talking about some of these things and Ben actually, he's here in the service, said something, we, we must never become numb to God working in momentous ways in our life. I don't want anybody to become numb of this story. The story is more than a Christmas card and Christmas carols. The story changes lives, transforms destinies. It's filled with miracle moments as we're going to look at throughout this course of this. I mean, stars guiding, all kinds of wide, different things happening that are beyond and prophecies being fulfilled. We can't allow this message at this time in the midst of people saying that Christmas is discriminatory, whether it is or isn't. I can't allow it to numb our hearts. This is a powerful, life-changing, world-shaking message. Let us never become numb to God's working in momentous ways in our life. He wants to do some momentous things in our life. I, I believe that all, all the time, every day. All around the globe, every time you look on the news, things are going on that God's at work. In closing, would you be open to expect the unexpected in your life? Would you be willing to allow God to tug in your heart in some way that is unusual, challenging? Would you be willing to embrace a, a paradigm shift like Mary did? Never before had she seen an angel named Gabriel come to her. Allowing for extraordinary events. And not all events are easy events. Extraordinary events happen in ordinary lives. Just no one announces them and tells of all of them. Will, we, will you be open or attuned to God's voice this Christmas, to maybe helping, encouraging, and sharing with somebody that needs it? Promptings, those little tugs in the heart, opening doors for you. Would you not so quickly pass by the opportunities and unexpected occurrences, and would you take a moment and not speed off for your next destination? You lay down some of your own selfish ambitions. Maybe there's something unseen that God wants to do in your life. In someone else's life, using you. I'm out snowblowing yesterday, and old older gentleman walks by the house. I know him well. I, know, I don't know him well. His name is Cecil. He's 85, Scottish background. Walks all the time, and he stops and pauses and tells me about his daughter who needs special help. He says, Jay, he knows I'm a pastor and he, we've talked from time to time. He says, Jay, do you know anybody that can help my daughter? I said, well, let me come over this week and let me meet her. She's in her 50s and I'll talk to her, see where we can go from there. Would you do that? I'd do that. Moments of time, you just take a brief moment. 
Mary's submission to God's plan serves as a model for us. I want to submit to God's plan in my day for my time, directed by God. I want to lay down some of my own agendas. And, and listen, it is hard to lay down your own agendas. I'm not saying it's easy. It couldn't have been easy for what Mary was called to do. Everybody mocking her, talking about her behind her back. We'll talk about maybe Joseph next week. Husband ready to put her, not her husband, but her fiancé ready to put her away because of this. He didn't believe. All kinds of stuff. My prayer is that the same God of the supernatural that rested upon Mary that day would also touch your life this Christmas. We need to be ready for what lays in front of us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, the Mary miracle lies far outside our imagination. It's beyond comprehension. Virgin given birth, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, called to bring into this world the Son of the living God who would take away the sins of the world. It's almost too large to believe, and many don't believe. But it is your truth, and I choose to believe your truth from your word. You have the highest and best for all of us. And I pray this day and this week and this month you'd open hearts that have been closed to the gospel for some time. They may not understand it. They may have been hurt by someone in church, church life. May somebody... Even a pastor saying something wrong at the wrong moment. Maybe they're grieving a wound of someone who was taken far too soon from them and they blame you. God, I don't know all the different complex situations here, but I know you do. You know every hair on every head. You know them well. And so, Lord, I pray that you would invade hearts. You would find hearts that would be open to you and you would make open hearts that are closed. Lord, we just want the simple message of Jesus to come alive one more time in our lives. For peace, goodwill is for all men and women in this world. And may we bear that message this season. In Jesus' precious and strong name we pray. And everybody would say? Everybody would say? Hallelujah. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.